Hello and welcome to Today in Education, T-I-E, TIE. We've got a number of things to look at today. The first I wanted to look at was an article from Forbes titled, The College Board Tweaked the SAT Adversity Score, Can It Undo the Damage It Cost? Now, I tried to paraphrase and summarize this article well. Um, there's, there are a lot of pieces, a lot of moving parts, and I would like to just kind of go through the whole article with you guys, so I'm going to save that for the end. Uh, that way, if you're not interested, you don't have to sit through a three to five minute um, speech about that. But if you're interested in that, stick around until the end and you will get to learn all about what's going on there. So the first article we're going to look at today is a fight over gifted education in New York is escalating to a national debate over segregated schools. This comes from NBC. When a school diversity task force in New York this week issued a stunning report recommending the elimination of the city's popular gifted and talented programs, the shock waves rippled far beyond the nation's largest school district. The proposal, call, the proposal calls for the city to gut most selective programs that use test scores and other screening criteria to, to determine admission and to replace them with programs that would instead attract and serve a broader range of students. The goal is to reduce inequities that have persisted as white and Asian students have largely dominated selective programs, leaving black and Hispanic students in highly segregated schools that face additional challenges without sufficient resources. New York's mayor and school's chancellor are now re reviewing the recommendations, but regardless of what they ultimately decide to do, the proposed change in New York has captured the attention of parents and educators across the country at a time when court rulings and suburban sprawl have made American schools increasingly segregated. The debate pits people who believe that children are academically or intellectually advanced need special programs that challenge and engage them against those who are alarmed by evidence that such programs favor students whose parents have the resources to help them prepare for admissions tests or who might benefit from the racial biases of teachers who make enrollment decisions. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, so if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment below, or you can always go to our website at leafletreview.wordpress.com and leave your thoughts there. Next article comes from the South China Morning Post. Chinese parents feel that intense competition forces them to send their children to after-school classes, after-school tutoring programs. More than 40% of those surveyed in an online poll say they feel they have no other choice, while just a quarter think the extra tutoring is necessary. This reflects widespread anxiety over getting places at the top schools, according to the researchers involved in this article. This next is a bit more lighthearted. It's titled Classroom Field Trips via VR, Virtual Reality, Become a National Trend. Companies such as Nearpod and Google provide numerous free virtual field trips that teachers can use to supplement their lesson plans. This quote comes from Charlotte, Charlotte Smith, a Google technology expert. I think it's great that kids across the country and across the world can have access to different learning experiences no matter their socioeconomic level and no matter where their school is located. Everybody has access to the same learning opportunities. Google Expeditions, which has virtual and augmented reality field trips, has taken over 3 million students in classrooms around the country on virtual trips. 
These virtual reality field trips don't replace the traditional field trips, Smith said. There's still value in going out in the world, but the really cool thing about expeditions and going on trips in virtual reality or augmented reality is that students can go places where you could only really go if you had a magic school bus, like the top of Mount Everest and inside a volcano. Now personally, I would love to see Scholastic come out with a magic school bus package for a virtual reality experience. That would be incredible. This next article comes from the New York Times titled, Universities Face Federal Crackdown Over Foreign Financial Influence. The Education Department in the U.S. has begun cracking down on universities that fail to disclose donations and contracts from foreign governments, hoping to give far more scrutiny to funding that has washed into the United States higher education institutions from countries often at odds with American policies but eager to tap the country's brightest minds. Now we're going to hop back over to the article from Forbes. The College Board Tweaked the SAT Adversity Score. Can it undo the damage it caused? This comes from Peter Green. This was published on September 1st of this year. Since David Coleman took the helm at the College Board, its flagship product, the ubiquitous SAT, one-time queen of college entrance exams, has been the victim of a series of unforced errors. The rollout and walkback of the adversity score is only the latest, and recent reports of that score's death may be greatly exaggerated. The company ran into some glitches in its rush to get a new Common Core Align test to market. Coleman expressed a desire for the test to be a great leveler, a test that would recognize and elevate intellectual prowess wherever it was found. The SAT has long been criticized as being loaded with cultural bias, and the College Board's own data seems to support that assertion. The other knock on the test was that it could be beaten with the help of test prep and coaching, a criticism bolstered by an entire SAT test prep industry, and the College Board has been confirming that these criticisms are valid. In 2014, the College Board entered into a partnership with Khan Academy to offer free test prep to anyone who wanted it. Rather than designing a test that was immune to test prep, which may in fact be impossible, the College Board appeared to be conceding that SAT scores measured, at least in part, how well a student had been coached for the test. Then came the Environmental Context Dashboard, featuring the adversity score. The score was supposed to capture the social and economic background of students through a combination of 15 dimensions. But though it was supposedly steeped in research, the genesis of the score remained a proprietary mystery, somehow combining factors from school and community. The result would be a score between 1 and 100, with a score of more than 50 representing disadvantage, and a score under 50 indicating some privilege. Critics attacked the notion of reducing a student's entire background to a single score. They criticized it for being an attack on meritocracy. And most of all, they criticized it for being an admission that the SAT itself is a bias test given on a tilted playing field. Meredith Twomley, Vice President of Admissions and Financial Aid at Clark University in Worcester, Massachusetts, one of the many test-optional colleges in the U.S., had a typical response. For decades, the College Board said the SAT alone is the best unbiased objective indicator of success and likened it to an equalizer. The creation of the ECD is the SAT, proving the point they have been denying. Now, the College Board has responded to criticism of the ECD and the adversity score. The headlines are reporting it as College Board Drops Plans for SAT Student Adversity Score, but that might oversell the move, which could be described as a tweak in some rebranding. 
First, the Environmental Context Dashboard has been given a new name, Landscape, and next, the College Board has increased the transparency of the product. Students will be able to see their own landscape information and the process that generates that information is now somewhat more transparent. There will be a variety of information about the school itself, including information such as how rural or urban the school is, the size of the senior class, number of free or reduced lunch students, a batch of information taken from the National Center for Education Statistics. There will be information about AP classes and tests. The AP test is another College Board product. The landscape will also show the students' SAT scores compared to other students in that school. Finally, Landscape will offer high school and neighborhood average indicators, six factors, college attendance, household structure, median family income, household stability, education level, and crime will be averaged and presented on a 1 to 100 scale. A higher value on the scale indicates a higher level of challenge related to educational opportunities and outcomes. The two values will be kept separate rather than combined as with the adversity score. The College Board very carefully avoids the word score, but it certainly looks like a scaled-down version of the adversity score. In its press release, the College Board emphasizes that Landscape doesn't replace any of the information that students supply as part of a college application, it's just trying to provide admissions offices with a bit more context. With the dashboard rebranded and the word score banished, the same old question remains. If an SAT score reflects coaching and additional context is required to consider a score fairly, then what good is the SAT in the first place? I'm going to give you guys some time to ponder that. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening and never stop learning.